Sound check. <clears throat> A little too loud. Just right. Sounds okay. Yes, okay. Maybe maybe a little echoey, just a tiny bit. Okay, how is that? Is that still good? Okay, let's try that out. Okay, thank you. Good morning. So today, in our practice, we'll continue to expand the concentric circles and expand it from self, benefactor, dear friend, and today's new category is the neutral person, which for many people is a neutral person, whereas for me is yay, neutral person. It's actually one of my favorite categories. Um, and the reason is it's actually, for me, been the most surprising and the most um, transformative category. I remember um, a couple of things. One, one is, um, I remember the, the first time I, I did intensive metta uh, on, on a, I think it was a 10-day retreat, actually years ago with Sharon. Yeah. Years ago, wow, and um, I chose I chose someone who um, uh, worked at the laundromat in my neighborhood, a woman, whom I was a neutral person. I neither liked or disliked. Was another human being, and um, I did metta for this person um, as my neutral person there for the retreat, and then. Something shifted when I went back. I remember going back to the laundromat and I was so looking forward to seeing her. I was so happy to see her and I was beaming and she looked beautiful and she had this um, red, she was a redhead and I noticed what beautiful hair she had and, and um, it, it was as if I was seeing a dear friend and 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 something shifted in her too. She acted as if she was happy to see me also. Um, and, and I remember every time after that, I would, when I would, would walk by the laundromat, I would look in to see if she was there. And there was just this, this warmth in my heart. Um, and, and also, um, so, so it's, it's been really surprising. And another time on, on a longer retreat when I chose someone, uh, one of the retreatants, on the retreat as my neutral person. And again, it was a young woman, neither liked or disliked another human being. And by the end of the retreat, when she, when she was walk, doing walking meditation, it was, my heart leapt with every step she took. It was just my dearest, she, was, she felt like closer than my dearest friend. And to me, doing this practice with the neutral person and how the heart and mind can transform, um, really shows the flexibility and, and somehow the randomness of who we deem to be our dear person and whom we deem to be the natural, uh, the, the, the neutral person, and how flexible all these boundaries are that our mind creates. Oh, you're neutral, you're dear. It, it can change. It can change, and we can feel that. We can really see that for ourselves. And don't take my word for it. See it for yourself. Try it on for size. 
the neutral category also is powerful in that it's a stand-in for all of humanity, whomever you choose. They're a stand-in for seven billion people whom you don't know much about and you neither feel for, if you like or dislike. So it's a quite a powerful category, actually, in neutral. And it's also a, a stepping stone to the person you're having difficulty with, um, which, again, neutral person will ease you into, will prepare you in some ways. So with all of that, let's, uh, let's get into our comfortable meditation posture as an expression of metta is having a comfortable posture, metta for ourselves. Allowing the back to be straight while the body is relaxed and soft. And just letting yourself settle. Arrive in this moment. Arrive in this body. Perhaps be with the breath within the body for a minute or two, just to settle, just to arrive. Arriving, arriving in each moment in this body. Connecting with this breath. Here, now. Now. I invite you to bring to mind an easy person for you first, either a benefactor or a dear friend. And it could be a child or a pet, someone whom when you think of a feeling of ease, safety, warmth, perhaps, comes over you, maybe a smile shows up on your face. Bringing up a felt sense of this being, bringing them to your mind's eye. Noticing what comes up for you in your mind and your heart. 
your body in the imagined presence of this being. And from that place, from that connection, letting the phrases flow, letting the offering of metta flow from that place. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May your life flow with ease. It's easy to connect. Great, continue. If this morning, for whatever reason, need a little more juice, sometimes it helps to add their name. <coughs> or dear one to the end of the sentence. You can experiment if you like. May you be safe, dear one. May you be happy, dear one. Or may you be healthy, so and so. And may your life flow with ease, so and so. Now with a heart that's primed now, primed with metta flowing, 
Now I invite you to bring to mind someone towards whom you don't have any strong feelings. When you think of them, there's just another human being, neither like or dislike really arises. be someone here on retreat or someone in your life back home, perhaps someone who works at a grocery store at the checkout counter, or the coffee barista, or the mailman or mailwoman or someone you see in your neighborhood walking around. Bringing this person to mind with as much clarity as possible, actually. Which may not be easy, but bringing them to your mind's eye and imagining them in front of you, perhaps. Knowing that this person whose life you don't know, just like you, wants to be happy. This being, just like you, suffers has challenges in their lives, has had losses, sadness, disappointment, failures, loneliness. Just like you, they have hopes and dreams and aspirations in their life. Just like you, they have people they care about and love. Just like you, this being too is dear to someone. This being may be dear to family and friends who see this being through caring, affectionate eyes. This being too has had ups and downs. They've had joys, they've had laughter. They've had love in their life, just like you. They have a complex inner life with trials and tribulations, joys and sorrows. 
And they just want to be happy. They don't want to suffer. From this place of connection, this place of common humanity, seeing the humanity of this being, sharing wishes for their well-being, You could be in their shoes, you could be them, they could be you. From that place of common humanity, letting the phrases flow, may you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. And may your life flow with ease. If at any point you feel connection is kind of lost and the juice dries up, with this category, it's okay to be imaginative, creative for a little while. You can imagine 
events in this person's life. You can see them playing with their, with their children, maybe. You can imagine them going through a hard time, maybe losing a loved one. As long as the stories don't go on for too long, but just helping to, to flesh out, perhaps, and bring about this connection to a lived experience of humanity that this person too has.
For the final part of this, I uh, invite you to bring together your neutral person, together with your easy person you started with at the beginning of this sit, realizing they're not so different. And adding yourself to the group, realizing the three of you are not so different. You all want to be happy. You're all human beings in this world. Allowing your metta to embrace all three of you. May we all be safe. May we all be happy. May we all be healthy. And may all of our lives flow with ease. And now extending the circle to include all the people in this room and their circle of three. Including all of us. In your wishes of metta, They're all stand-ins 
for all the people everywhere. May we all be safe. May we all be happy. May we all be healthy. And may all of our lives flow with ease. notes about this practice. One is as, as you start to expand um, this will happen more with, with all beings category but as I invited you to include everyone and their circles of three um, in your metta. Some people might feel like oh I really have to push it out now. There are lots of people I need to include in my metta and I can in- create for some people a feeling of stress actually like oh I have to work really hard notice that if that comes up no need from that place of ease and relaxation imagine the metta is just softly wafting through and 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 embracing everyone don't have to really push it out and dole it out to every single person so so just notice that if that comes up for you. It may not, but in case. So with this practice, you're welcome to, um, for, for the uh, practicing for the neutral person, um, you're welcome to, to try it for a few sits today. 
Um, or you can try it for the whole day if you want. Just see, see what works for you. See where the juice is. See where your edge is. Um, be your own inner Dharma coach. See what works for you. Experiment um, what works for you. Uh, for some people, the, um, this category can be really juicy. For some people, it can get really dry. Go back to the easy person and, and get the juice there and come back and do the, the bait and switch. Warm, pump the heart with the easy person and then put the neutral person there. <laughs> that actually works. Try it. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah. Experiment. Have fun. Yeah, this is a fun really fun practice. So, um, we'll have time questions in a moment. I wanted to bring up a couple of questions that had come up from the talk last night. And since they were written, I figured they might be relevant for everyone. Um, And I'll address those first. And um, one has to do, actually I had, I had a part in my talk to talk about this, but um, um, there, was, there was so much material and not a lot of time. So um, it's really what also comes up for, for many of us at, in one way or in another, in one shape or another, when we talk about practicing uh, metta, loving kindness, compassion, these practices, um, what's called fear of loving-kindness, fear of compassion. There's a fear of um, becoming too soft or, or uh, being taken advantage of, the world not being a friendly place. And um, what if, you know, what, do we become like a, uh, a doormat and just too, too nice and, and we'll, be, we'll get hurt? So one thing to always keep in mind, to, to first is to actually see that as a fear, to really recognize that as a fear and work with that. And also, <clears throat> with the teachings, the two baskets, the two wings of the bird of liberation, there's wisdom and compassion. So... There's wisdom, and then there are practices of the heart, and they have to be balanced. So if the bird has only one wing, it can't fly. It if only has the wing of love and compassion, it will only go in circles. The same way if it only has wisdom and no love, no warmth, no compassion, it doesn't fly. It, it, it becomes too rough. So wisdom and compassion really go together. If compassion, if, if metta, if love does not have that component of wisdom, it does become what's called idiot compassion, which can be enabling, which can be um, many ways not beneficial for ourselves and other people. If we just out of, oh, I'm being compassionate. Oh, you can do anything you want. Oh, it's fine. You can, you know, if you have children, you can stay up till three and watch TV. I'm, you know, out of... That's not compassion, right? It's not love. It's, there's no wisdom in it. So wisdom and compassion together um, is, is the recipe that works, not either one of them alone. 
And last night I also talked about <clears throat> the importance of self-care and self-compassion. And also one of the studies that I talked about was regarding um, um, the self-focus um, and, and relationship of self-focus to, to anxiety and depression, and so clarity about that, uh, how to distinguish between the two in the practice. Um, so the studies actually show that the relationship between that self-focus I talked about is actually when um, one has a lot of self-judgment, self-criticism, the negative self-talk, and there's a very high correlation between that and anxiety and depression. Surprise, surprise. And, and the self-care and really that self-compassion is, is a soothing salve for that self-judgment, for, for that self-criticism that is soothing and, and actually very healthy to counter that. And um, so I hope that clarifies a little bit the relationship between the two. So uh, we have time for a few questions, if any. Yes, please. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So um, the question is: Last night I was talking about compassion practice as if it is a different practice from loving kindness practice. What is compassion practice? Yeah. So um, yes, um, as I've been saying, and Sharon has been saying also yesterday during the the QA. Um, let me reiterate. There are four different practices, the Brahma-viharas. <clears throat> there is metta, loving-kindness, <clears throat> where this friendliness, goodwill, comes across a being who's in a neutral place, not suffering, not happy. Compassion, which is the second practice with different phrases, um, is a practice when this, this feeling of care holds the suffering. So... Metta plus suffering becomes compassion. Metta plus happiness, somebody who's doing really well, becomes mudita, which is vicarious joy. May your happiness continue. May it never wane. The phrases are different. The last, the fourth practice is equanimity, which I also briefly talked about and will be more talked about tonight. So yes, compassion is a very closely related, but a different practice. The phrases are different. May you be free from your suffering. May you hold your suffering with ease because you're both holding the suffering, the pain. This is hard. This is hard. May you be well. May you hold, you're holding both. Whereas in metta, is just may you be well. May you be well. There is not that element of suffering. You see? Is that clear now? Great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, 11 benefits of metta. Yeah. And so maybe we're not feeling them because of the 
because we're still mm-hmm. in this purification. Yeah. So are we sleeping well or not? Or are, yeah. we, are we really getting all those benefits? Yeah. Is the purification opening all of those up? Or is the purification also opening up the hindrances or the far enemies? Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of weeping during mm-hmm. your talk. Yeah. Was it your talk? Was it all of this purification happening? Yeah. I'm trying to understand all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I can summarize your question, basically it's about purification. Um, and this process of purification in this practice. And last night I talked about the 11 benefits of metta from the suttas, uh, the classical benefits. And if they're not happening yet, is it because it's the purification cycle still happening? Or is, are the near enemies and the far enemies the purification? Just trying to understand what's, what's the relationship of all this. Yeah. <clears throat> So to speak to that a little bit, um, so one thing to keep in mind um, with with the benefits of metta, as as Sharon has beautifully spoken to, is you can't tell if it's working or not every minute, right? You can't tell. You can't open the pot and say, "Is it cooking yet? Am I done yet? Is this? Am I getting the benefits?" It's, it's, you know, long term. It's like stock market. Don't check it every minute. Check it over a long period of time. Check after the retreat. So right now, still, it's cooking. Um, so with that, have some trust in that. Have some trust in that process. And with that, the idea of, of purifying and purification is this practice does touch areas that... Um, are tender, we didn't quite know existed. Um, it brings up um, perhaps anxieties, fears, angers, things that are not, were not quite processed. We thought they were, but not exactly. They come up and they, they get processed. They, they wash through, they move through. They move through with tears. They move through with, with an hour of complete anger, remembering a story you hadn't remembered for 20 years and you're seething it's pure it's it's all purification it's all part of the process it's that hang in there does that help a little bit does the purification go on yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or when I go home and I go back to my sort of twice a day sitting, walking in the streets, metta. Right. Is there a continuing or is it, is it there. become more subtle? Yeah. Yeah. Where else is Right. Happening? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the question is the follow up question is um, really does it, is the, um, the, pur- the process of purification is in most intense on retreat while we're on retreat, or does it continue? Or when you go back to your life, to your sittings every day, does it get more subtle? So the the purity purification cycle, it's, it's actually a cycle. You go through cycles on retreat usually. It's not all one issue. As you've noticed, you probably don't feel the same way you did this morning, do you? You don't feel the same way you did yesterday, do you? No, none of you do. 
these are cycles. Purification comes up, then purity comes up, you get into it, there's a moment of ah, and then there's a moment of ah. It's just like, you know, there are moments. It's it's cycles, right? You've you've seen that already. And if you haven't, I invite you to, to pay attention to these cycles that come up. Purity, purification cycles. And yes, they are they are intense on retreat. That's why you come on retreat, right? So the question is about equanimity and its far enemy, which essentially is its opposite, overwhelm, lack of equanimity, um, and some some words about that. Um, so just as you said, overwhelm is exactly that in some ways, is the lack of equanimity. It's like, whoa. It's it's losing that that overview, seeing the, the big picture. It's like being in it and being tossed, tossed about mm-hmm. with with everything. Um, and there's a lot more to say. And um, I will actually um, not say because I I believe Sharon will be talking about it tonight. Yes. So sit at the edge of your seat. <laughs> Waiting for that lovely talk, which is going to happen tonight on equanimity. Preview. I planted that question. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm going to start with my question. My question is, um, why don't we teach all of these four concepts, Mm. the practice of them at the same time? Because what happened is I woke up with the same story going on in my mind, and I'm like, wait, hold the space. This is a moment of suffering. Mm. So it was like, hold the space, equanimity moment of suffering, it's okay. May I be safe? Mm-hmm. May I be happy? Hey, I did it! Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! This is such a cool thing. All four things happened right in this short moment. Mm-hmm. I have to tell this, to share it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why doesn't she teach all four things? <laughs> she must have already <laughs> yeah. Sharon told the Dalai Lama something. She realized she had something of value. Oh, there I just held the space. There was that short moment of suffering. Oh, may I be safe? It was okay for me to say something. Yay! I just did it again. Yeah. And I kept going through this cycle. 
of holding the space once I noticed I had a moment of suffering. And then to my phrases once I calm myself down from the suffering. And then it was like, wow, it works. I did it. Yeah. And so like in that split second, you get all four. And I I just would love to see that sympathetic joy really wrap in here. Mm -hmm. And because Just when they all come together, it's mm -hmm. full circle, and then yeah. I couldn't actually put it down, right. but at least I didn't feel bad about it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So that's my yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's see if I can I can paraphrase that briefly. It's basically you woke up in the middle of the night as as you um, as you said this is something that you churn about. Um, and when you wake up in the middle of the night, and all of a sudden, given that it, it, your mind really woke up to, oh, this is suffering, so compassion became available, and oh, holding it with equanimity, space became available, and then metta became more available, may I be happy, and seeing how the Brahma Viharas together, really, a compassion, seeing the suffering, recognizing the suffering, compassion, equanimity and metta together and now you're you're waiting for the more of the yeah, the mudita the this uh, sympathetic joy on this routine anyway those three how really really um supported you so much uh, and it really clicked for you it, together. together they really clicked for you yeah and um and and the comment or the question is oh why didn't you teach them together more often and and Sharon will talk about that tonight, and she does. If I may, if I may, she actually it is taught in her. I was thumbing through her her loving kindness book from years ago, and the loving kindness has chapter on all of them and exposition on all of the Brahma Viharas because they are part of the practice. And in Theravada, metta is the central one, and basically you will practice all of them, as you just said. You will practice when when this metta comes across the suffering, and you recognize the suffering, which is exactly what you did, it becomes compassion. Whether or not you call it compassion, it becomes compassion. And if you're holding it with wisdom, we bring that equanimity. It just, it, so what, a rose is a rose no matter what you call it, and, and that was a total terrible paraphrase of, of <laughs> but, but it, the, the four Brahma Viharas are there wherever you start, right? If you have these elements. So, and it's lovely, yay, I celebrate that it clicked for you in this way. And it is beautiful. And these practices, you know, really, metta does touch all of them. Become, it becomes all of them. So, and I'll, I'll let the rest for, uh, for Sharon to talk about tonight. I'm getting a lot to, for you to talk about tonight, Sharon. Is this okay? Pra I'm proud. <laughs> This is a preview. Yeah, this is a preview. You know, you go to the movies, you see previews. This is a preview of the talk tonight. All right, we, we need to stop. So thank you so much for your practice and being here. And may you have a wonderful day of practice. Oh, yes, 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 thank you. Announcements, yes, thank you. I forgot announcements, yes. Announcements. Um, the groups, uh, we're starting the second round of, of practice meetings today. And some of the groups have changed. The groups have changed somewhat. So just to let you know, ah, you can work with it with equanimity, change, impermanence, it happens. So just make it part of your practice. Um, and also, if, if a group runs late, uh, um, 
uh, our invitation is not to come back into a hall because if a group come back, come, comes into a hall late, it, it, it disturbs the energy. And even if one person walks in late, actually, it kind of disturbs. So we ask you to, to do walking meditation or, or sit elsewhere in room M200 or, or elsewhere. Okay, I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.